Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. to you by Martialytics. Easy to use, super powerful management software for your martial arts school. Hello and welcome to what is a bit of a, well it's a totally unplanned episode. Well unplanned in the sense that I woke up this morning and decided to just record this. Um, So what's prompted this? Well over this last week or so, um, I think it's fair to say there's been a culmination of 12 months frustration and confusion and anger annoyance all those all those lovely words all rolled up into one with this announcement from the DCMS that uh, essentially um martial arts can return with contact uh, subjects to this thing called a return to play policy now the reason that I'm recording this today, and straight off the bat, before I go any further, actually, I just want to say this, and I, I and I know I drop this disclaimer a lot, but I just like to cover myself off. I'm a martial arts school owner with 20 plus years uh, teaching experience. Um, you know, I, I'm not an, an expert in this field at all. I'm just somebody with a school that has happens to have a podcast that has an opinion on this. There is also um, not caught in the crossfire. That sounds a bit dramatic, but I'm getting obviously private messages, and um, which will remain private, obviously. But private messages from from instructors, from people involved in associations, um, and everybody in between. And what strikes me in this whole situation is that. Everybody is completely and utterly clueless as to what the hell is going on. All right, so what what sparked this? So, okay, so basically, the the DCMS, which is the Department for Culture, Music and Sports, I think that's what it means. I think that's what it means. See, I don't even know what that means. I should do my research, really, shouldn't I, before I start my podcast? Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it live now. D, uh, if I can type, D C M S. Right, what does it mean? The Department for Culture, Media and Sport. I was nearly there. Not music, media. Nearly there. Anyway, um, so the DCMS uh, decided that uh, as part of the lockdown easing from April the twelfth. Um, any NGB or association of a martial art uh, with a return to play pan- plan, if I can say that, return to play plan, signed off by them via Sport England, uh, can essentially return to contact-based uh, activity. So it's it's broken down into phase bands. I'm not going to go into it in massive detail, but essentially phase zero is where we are now. Uh, we all have to stand away from each other. We're not allowed to mix, no contact. You know, the really naff stuff that we've been forced into doing for the past year that's crippling our businesses um now phase one you can reintroduce certain elements of pad work with ppe in and all that sort of stuff and then at phase two we can go back to sparring and then at phase three we can go back to competition training that's the basics of it as i understand if i've got some of the details a little bit wrong i apologize as i say I'm not an expert, I'm a school owner with a podcast. So, 
this is where it starts to get a little bit iffy. And if I go off, if I go off in random tangents constantly, I'll, I'll apologise now because, I, as I say, I literally got up this morning and thought, Do you know what, I'm going to record this because I'm going to as a mental offload for me, and because I know that there's a lot of people at the minute. Completely confused, annoyed, frustrated. They don't have a clue what's going on. So I guess, I guess, I suppose, in some way, by me sharing this, it might it might validate those feelings that they have, or say, hey, you know, I'm not the only one. There's other people out there confused and annoyed and worried and anxious and all that sort of stuff. Because I'm going, I've got all that stuff going off as well. So, okay, so going back to what I was saying then about the the, the return to play policy. So. What the DCMS has, have essentially said is that before any martial arts can resume contact training, so that's like pad work, sparring, etc., they've got to have a, an, a, an, a, words today, an approved return to play policy signed off by them. Now, the way they've got it set up at the minute, which is bizarre, is that they can only have one return to play policy per system, per style. Now... If you think of something like tennis or football or cricket, and that's not so, it's not so much of an issue because you know there's not going to be multiple style-based NGBs and associations applying. But let's take, for example, my background is in Taekwondo. How many how many Taekwondo associations and governing bodies are there? All right, and I, and I'm not, I don't want to get into all this politics naff before everybody starts saying, "Oh, well, this is the proper." No, let's just put all that rubbish aside for a minute because we know it's a load of guff. There's loads, you know, and for argument's sake, none more relevant than the other. You know, putting aside the whole martial arts ego thing for one side. Now, what makes one? style or one particular NGB more relevant than the others in the eyes of the government. It could be a a number of things, but unfortunately, none of those will be the actual teaching uh, levels or um, the the overall um, health and safety approach or risk assessment approach of the majority teaching under that NGB. So, you know, uh, I, I'm part. Let's say I'm part of French Association, and he gets the nod. But I've been an absolute idiot throughout. And I'm speaking hypothetically. I'm not not actually me, but you know, um, I've been an absolute idiot throughout the whole pandemic. I've not followed a single one of their policies. But I'm now greenlit to return. Now, in actual fact, the situation that my school that I'm in with my school right now is that those that know me well or have listened to this podcast long enough will know. I have stuck to absolutely every element of COVID safety protocols and more. I've had, and I'm not blaming on Trump here. This is just, this is just. I wanted to highlight the efforts that I've gone to and why I'm so frustrated with this. I've had uh, NHS um, test and trace report back to me that via via a student we had we've had one case through the school. There was a, a child tested positive away from the school when he was with us, and the track and trace test and trace process kicked in. And they determined that because of the strictness of our protocols, nobody else that was in that session or the instructors had to self-isolate. That's how strict I'm running this stuff. Yet by the letter of these return-to-play plans and this policy that's going on now from the DCMS, I'm not allowed to reopen above phase zero because I'm not on their good boys list because I'm not part of an association that potentially could get signed off. 
And that, to me, seems... Well, it's just flat wrong, basically, isn't it? Now, again, I said at the start I might end up going off on these random tangents in different directions. But this, to me, it starts to come back around again to a discussion that I've had several times on this podcast over the years. And that there's no sort of central governance for our arts, in, for martial arts as a whole. There's no union, there's no national body to go to to sort this stuff out. There's just hundreds of associations and self-proclaimed national governing bodies that are, are all fighting for relevance. And, you know, I, it it's difficult because one, so, one part of my head saying, hey, government, you've had 12 months to sort this out. It's not like martial arts has suddenly jumped out from behind the wall and gone, boo, you didn't see that come in. But at the other side... I think from their point of view, they're probably looking going, you know, guys, sort your rubbish out. Look at all this that we're having to try and deal with. You know, if we want to sort something with football, we go to one group. If we want to sort something with tennis, we go to this group. I mean, I, I might be wrong on that. There might be 81 associations with tennis for all I know, but somehow I doubt it. But what I do know is that the gymnastics centre up the road from me are part of British Gymnastics. And they can go back to, the coaches can go back to helping the kids, like off the beams and, and, and you know, just getting in, getting in like you would do as a coach. And all the kids can mix and there's no, what, what's going on when they can do that? But me with my ridiculously over the top, arguably, COVID protocols, I'm not allowed to open purely because I'm potentially not part of a national governing body or an association that's going to have an RTP signed off. That just to me makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So, what's adding to the confusion as well, I think, and I've had my mini rant. It's probably not the only one I'm going to have either, to be fair. Fair warning. <laughs> um, the other thing that I don't that, that, that's bothering me is, you know, you've got you've got all these martial arts instructors and school learners like myself, all right, and we've got uh, our NGBs and our associations as our point of reference, and that's it. You know, we 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 see what they say. I mean. All right, maybe I class myself differently on that because I am a bit funny when it comes to checking details out and and double checking everything because I'm just obsessive like that. But we really shouldn't have to do that. It should be association says this, we do it, or NGB says this, and we do it. That's it. Should that's how it should be. But what's become very very quickly relevant, and I'm not going to go naming governing bodies or associations or anybody involved with stuff because that's just not fair or right or you know sensible on a podcast but you know the the variance in which i've seen guidance being issued this last week is just insane and it highlights how fractured our industry really really is you know i've had guidance coming in from associations to say that my club can open up on april the 12th and we can do uh, pad work and sparring with the kids and that the adults can have classes again but obviously no contact uh, but then you look on the official lists published by the by Sport England and DCMS and not one single martial arts association or NGB has actually had their return to play policy cleared yet so what's going on here is it the case that the DCMS are just utter garbage at updating their website you know, maybe these associations or governing bodies have had like a, a verbal okay over the phone or maybe even an email at a stretch. But even then, you've got associations on other sides saying, hey, if, if, if you've been told this, that's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. You know, and, and uh, another, 
another thing that I've seen a few times pop up as well is people saying, "Hey, you know, if 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 you're part of a, an NGB or an association that's told you you can open, just be careful because if the police or the council turn up, then you, you know it's you that will get in trouble for it." And to me, I find that a little bit concerning that that that, that you know we're hearing this from NGBs and associations. Surely, if I pay my membership to a national governing body, and they issue me advice that later turns out to be wrong, and somebody turns up and says, "Hey, you know, you shouldn't be doing this," and I go, "Well, look, I got this from my national governing body. They said I can do it." Oh, but we're still coming after you. That's not right. That's that's just not right, is it? Because what's the point of having a national governing body or an association? If they can just issue any old guff as advice, and then we get it in the neck for it, that that I, I don't follow that line of thinking personally. You know, it's not our job as martial arts instructors and and school owners to to hire a private investigator to check out the validity of our national governing bodies or associations before we join them. Yeah, do due due diligence. But ultimately, when it comes to guidance like this being issued, if you have guidance and it's been written down and it's printed and they've put their you know, their logo to it and their details to it, if you're following that in good faith, then you, you won't get into trouble for anything. If anything, what will probably happen is if enough schools who are part of an NGB or an association that haven't had their return to policy or sorry return to play policy signed off. If somebody, by pure luck, somehow manages to collate all that information and thinks, hey, this isn't right, they'll go after the association or the NGB, not the school owners. You know, we've got enough on our plate trying to sort all this other stuff out, you know, rewrite risk assessments and, you know, all all the stuff that comes with this. We haven't really got it in us to be, you know, vetting, double-checking guidance from, from NGBs and associations. So, you know, that... I think it, 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 it continuously comes full circle back to why it is really, really important now that following all of this, when when this is all gone, if it ever does, but when it's settled down enough for us to sit down, that as an industry we need to really seriously now take a long, hard look at what we need to do to sort this out. Because we shouldn't be 12 months in and having the government turning around and saying that they don't recognise us. That should not be happening. It's ridiculous. And it's all well and good, you know, me or anybody else blaming the government for it. Ultimately, we have to do what we need to do as an industry to have them recognise us and take us seriously, you know. Um, personally, I think this nonsense about all the all the different various arts having to have their own policies and only one NGB per system being recognised. It's just political nonsense, to be fair. This should be a return-to-play policy for standard parts. So you've got... I'm not going to go listing everything, but you've got your karate, your tang sudo, your taekwondo, your kickboxing, your various forms. You know, they're all, they're all going to involve, to a certain degree, the same levels of risk, okay? And then you've got your judos and your BJJs and your jiu-jitsu clubs, your combat jiu-jitsu clubs who have maybe additional elements of risk because of the closer contact, arguably, but then they have their own return-to-play policy that they follow. You know, it's not rocket science. It seems utterly ridiculous that ITF Taekwondo and WTF Taekwondo 
need to have two different return to play policies, as does karate, as does Tang Sudo, as does kickboxing. It just makes no sense whatsoever. I don't understand why the DCMS, Sport England, whoever's responsible for it, would dig themselves such a massive hole in creating that problem. Why why would you do that for the sake of eight weeks? Unless the conspiracy theorists might claim that they're doing it to prove a point that our industry is a bit of a mess. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. So, what does it mean now then? I mean, there is talk that on April the 6th, this might um, rectify itself to a certain degree in that um, we might start seeing uh, different NGBs and associations getting signed off. Now, the, the thing for me with that that is a little bit difficult is that you've got... You know, you've got, let's say you've got Jane, right? Jane's got her martial arts school. It's a part-time club. Um, She's got 10 students. Um, She's got a full-time job and she's teaching as a hobby. She's not interested in anything on the internet. Um, She really is not bothered about following all the the, the stuff on social media, you know. Um, And she sees the karate club up the road has opened. Uh, She teaches taekwondo. Oh, well, they're open. Uh, They're doing pad work and sparring. That must mean that I can do it. Now, how could you fault Jane for thinking that? Because she's applied common sense to it. The martial arts club up the road is open, so I'm open. There's nothing wrong with that line of thinking whatsoever, is there? But, essentially, she'd be breaking the law. And that, to me, seems completely and utterly ridiculous. Um... Whether or not it will get sorted out before April the, tw- April the 12th, I don't know. I mean, for me, in my situation with my schools, I know that a lot of you are, you already know, is that um, I started out just... I mean, at the point of COVID hitting, there'd already started to be a bit of a rumbling in the press. Um, so we dropped a few handful of members. But we were, we were around 196 members, I think, roughly, somewhere around there. Um, and we now stand at 123 or 124, I do believe. Um, which, you know, you, you might take as a win given the, the the last year. But the problem that I've got is if I'm following the phase zero policy at, at the, the social, me- uh, social, social media, <laughs> the social distancing gaps that are required, I can only get six in the room at a time. Um, and I've got a waiting list that's as long as my actual student list now. And those people are not going to wait around forever. And I'll tell you one thing that they will do. If Fred's Karate Club up the road opens and just does as they fancy and they've got space and they're doing pad work and sparring and everything else, why would they stay on my waiting list until potentially June? Why should I, as a school owner, be penalised for following the rules? That That... That that's just nuts, absolutely nuts, and how it how it's been able to get to this point, I don't understand. I just don't get it whatsoever. So, I, I'm I guess with the whole thing with this is I'm not really answering any questions for anybody. I guess I'm just verifying frustrations that other school owners and instructors might have. But what do I say? I'm I'm not gonna. I'm not going to fluff you up and say, hey, sit tight, you've done well for a year and all that. I'm not going to say all that patronising guff because I think, we're, we're, you know, realistically, we're at a point now where people are getting desperate, you know. Um, 
And it, it seems really unfair by the DCMS, Sport England, government, whoever you want to blame, to dangle this carrot at the 11th hour to say, hey, look at all this stuff that you could be doing. But hey, we don't recognize your association. association. But despite the fact that for the last 12 months, anytime, we've, anytime any of us have gone for guidance to the DCMS, they have always referred us back to our association or back to our national governing body, of which they had no issue with at all the last 12 months it's just now at the last minute they've decided this it's just madness all right um what 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 do you do um of course it goes without saying i'm not going to say to anybody do this or that because that's not my place um and i'm having to be careful how i think about this and word this now but we're at a play we're at a point now where Nobody could blame anybody for doing what they need to do now to keep their business and their school alive. You know, I've poured for 18 years into my my school now, and to think that it could all be taken away from me by sheer bureaucracy and ridiculousness is unfathomable. It's just I I can't even find the words to describe how ridiculous it is that I could be penalised for following the rules for 12 months, and indeed now, and end up losing my business. You know, um, If there's anybody out there from Sporting or DCMS potentially listening to this, which I probably doubt, they might be busy doing applications, <laughs> I, just ho- I just hope that we can get some sort of dialogue open going forwards, because this cannot be allowed to happen again like this. I- all I pray is that come April the 6th or the 7th or whenever it gets announced, potentially, somebody's given their head a wobble and thought, well, this isn't working, we need to backtrack on this. We've 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 gone down this route of, of having to have all these different styles re- uh, approved for return to play, and it's not worked. We need to just scrap the framework and do this. You know? Um, I don't think that'll happen, but... You can hope, can't you? Anyway, I'm just thinking if there's anything else that I've not covered. I know that there is an awful lot going on behind the scenes with um, various associations putting in applications at the, at the moment. Uh, the British Martial Arts and Boxing Association put out a fab video um, yesterday, I believe it was, around what they're doing to try and get things signed off. Um, I know that the, there's a, a, a kind of a conglomerate, a group of kickboxing associations that are trying to get policies signed off. Um, you know, it may well be that there is some sort of wiggle room for interpretation. I mean, that's another thing as well. I'm sorry, but you know, let, let's say, for example, um, kickboxing uh, gets a return to play policy. And in your school, you teach uh, taekwondo and kickboxing in your school, all right? Kickboxing gets a return to play policy signed off and taekwondo doesn't, all right? So, you get the police or an enforcement officer turn up at your school and you have a policy, a return to play policy for kickboxing but not taekwondo. How are they going to know the difference? Really? How are they going to know the difference? And I think what most people will do is just say, oh, we'll just cover everything under the kickboxing return to play. Which, yeah, that's great. 
But then it begs the question, what is even the point of having separate return-to-play policies? If nobody's able to enforce it, because nobody understands the difference between Tang Sudo, Karate, Jiu-Jitsu, they don't know the difference when they turn up. What's the point in having all the separate policies and creating all the headaches, stress, and and policy writing for everybody? It it just... It seems like they're, they're, they're going way over the top for the sake of it, with so little time left at the end now. It, it's um, Anyway, sit tight. Keep checking Facebook out. Uh, I know that essentially this has just been, for the most part, a 25-minute rant. Um, but hey, it's my podcast. I can do it. You know? <laughs> it's a little bit of a mental offload for me too. And hopefully, I might have said a few things that you know, validates thinking for people that maybe have been thinking the same thing but didn't want to say it or, you know, um, you know, whatever. If it's helped somebody, great. Um, if it's helps you with a long car journey, great. <laughs> I've not answered any questions. Uh, again, other than, you know, we're hoping that come April the 6th, which is Tuesday, we're going to get something of some sorts. Um, and we, then we're just going to have to assess and... And see where we are. I mean, for me, really, although, yes, it will be great to get a return to play policy as a, as a basis to work from, it's a bit late in the day. I'm meant to be opening a week on Monday, you know, and at the minute, I have not got a clue how and what I'm going to do. For school learners out there that have got, you know, big spacious units with lots of space. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm without a doubt. I'm guessing you're stressed too, but I haven't got that space, and I've still got 120 something students to try and figure out how I'm going to get in. Because if I have to go to phase zero, I'm going to have to get them booked in at six at a time. If we go to say phase two, potentially I could even go as high as 14 a class. You know, that would be subject to what rules are actually put in place. Let's maybe say 10, but I can more than double capacity of every single class which means i can then turn to my waiting list and start actually rebuilding the business and anybody out there that knows runs this sort of stuff five days six six to five days it's not enough time to try and get that arranged properly you know you're trying to get over 120 students booked in in five days you know when they've got all everything else going on as well in their lives it's just yeah it's not ideal it's not ideal anyway enough of that enough of that I, I i just wanted to i just wanted to do this episode really because i know that there's so many people out there that are stressed out and worried and um and all this stuff going on so i guess this is for you guys and and, and ladies you know um hopefully we'll get there soon hopefully we'll have something more positive and uh, we can get back to what we all love the most kicking and punching and grappling and choking each other out and all that good stuff. Anyway, guys, uh, hope you have. I hope you can have some form of a relaxing, restful Easter weekend as best you can. I know it's difficult when we've got this hanging over us, and uh, and that I feel that's particularly rubbish as well. That this wasn't dealt with by Friday. Uh, sorry, Thursday. You know, leaving us Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday to to stress about this is just it's just beyond a joke, really, isn't it? But anyway. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to stop moaning. I'm going to get back to doing some policy writing because that's my life right now. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening in. Sorry I couldn't really be of any actual help, but 
Uh, maybe it was in some weird way. Anyway, guys, I'm going to leave it there, and I'll catch you again on the next Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com.